Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Mitchell. Welcome. We're back for our welcome, everyone, to our podcast, Speaking the Truth in Agape Love. Um, Chad, we've got David here. How you doing? Good. How are you doing, David? Good. Good. We're excited again to get a podcast going, and I, again, I appreciate your patience in our recording. I think we finally have it figured out, David. And it took me an hour, and I finally got it figured out, so it can be in both of your earphones. Um, and it wasn't easy, but it's so simple. So <laughs> <laughs> once I got it figured out, we're good to go. And so I hope uh, this helps you enjoy the podcast a little better. Again, if you want to send us a note, um, just want to say thanks or just anything you want to say to us, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at truthinagapelove at gmail.com. We're on Facebook as well, so you can send us a message on there and uh, comment on the podcast and whatever you want to do. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you are in Blackfoot and you want to come worship with us, because we're talking about what the, the lesson that Brother David brought us on Sunday... Everyone's welcome to come to worship. We're at uh, Church of Christ in Blackfoot at 370 North Schilling. So you're welcome to come worship with us. At uh, um, We have uh, Bible classes at 10 a.m. and worship at 11 and uh, on Sundays. And then we have a Bible study on Wednesday evening at 7.30. And so we'd love to see you. Please join us. Yeah. So uh, Brother David brought us a lesson uh, continuing in Hebrews. Um, and he's titled it, Heed the Heavenly Call, which is a great topic for us. And the text is Matthew, or sorry, Hebrews 12, 25 uh, through... Um, Chapters 13, verses 6. Okay, that's a typo, isn't it? No, it depends on how you look at oh, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, anyways, we're going to be reading some of these verses to you, but we had some really good discussion on the heavenly call. And so that's what we're going to be discussing um, this evening. So let's see, how do we want to start here? I guess we could read um, Hebrews. You want to read some? Yeah, we can read uh, Hebrews 12, um, 25 through 29. That's the uh, where I started. Okay. And keeping in mind, this is just after he has been Telling them to hold to Christ. And the reasoning behind it is, even through our trials, our tribulations, the Lord, there's a, a meaning behind it, which is to make us stronger in the Lord. And the Lord is dealing with us as with sons. And so, continuing on, the Hebrew writer says, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refuses him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, which, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace, by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming God. Okay, very good. So do you want me to get started, or do you have yeah. any, any thoughts no, on No, go this? ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which, you know, as he's, he's talking about shaking, you know... Um, He's going to shake off those things that are okay. can re- can be removed. Um, has anyone ever shaken off a blanket? Mm-hmm. You know, in my house, anytime I get a blanket for my family, they sit there. I have to shake it, make sure no bugs yeah. or spiders are on that blanket. I have to shake it really hard so all the unwanted things get shaken off. That's what I think of as he's talking about here. He's going to shake it once more. And all those things that perhaps claiming to follow Christ or perhaps claiming to be a believer in Christ, but they don't change their life to fit His Word, they will be shaken off. Yeah. So those that heed to the heavenly calling will remain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And 
And, and you know, the next verse that you brought up um, to Philippians 2, 10 through 11. Yeah, we very could, good We one. could read that one. Um, I could read that for us. Philippians 2, 11. It says, And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. To the Oh, we started in 10, verse 10. That the name of Jesus every knee should bow to those in heaven and to and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every tongue, every person, um, is going to be faced with um, judgment. That's right. And it's Jesus' wish that every tongue would confess him. That's right. He doesn't wish that anyone should fail or, or not be a believer. But every tongue is going to, to have to um, either confess or not confess that Jesus is the Christ. Yeah. You know, he, and he, here the, the key word is should bow. Mm-hmm. You know, where everyone is going to face Christ on judgment. Yeah. Everyone is going to face the judgment seat of Christ. So you might as well, well, I don't want to say it like that, but now is the time to bow before him. Because you you don't want to wait until it is too late. Yeah. You know, while we're living in this life, we have the opportunity to humbly bow and humbly confess that He is Lord mm-hmm. and the Son of God. This is the time to heed the heavenly calling. You know, I think of um, so many people, well, I'm going to start being faithful tomorrow. Yeah. Or... The, the put off, however, <laughs> yeah, thinking they're gonna have time. Mm-hmm. Chad, you just approached something on Saturday mm-hmm. where there was an accident. Mm-hmm. You were the first to arrive, and you're the one that called nine one one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a sad deal, um, and and you know it really does kind of mess with your head a little bit um, because there's you know this this uh, individual um, obviously was driving too fast. Um, it happened in the middle of the night, which all indications are he was doing something he shouldn't have been. You know, I don't want to judge the guy or condemn him, but he was going way too fast. Um, drove off the road, huge skid marks for probably 150 yards. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, he had, was ejected from the vehicle, and the car was actually sitting on him, was like laying on the front bumper, was it? And, you know, he was not alive, and we were the first ones there. We called 911. Um, it was 6 a.m. in the morning. We're going skiing, and mm-hmm. so it was early. First, and so we were the first ones to come on the accident. And uh, you know, that's something that sticks in your mind, but it sure makes you realize and, and come to find out, this individual's 27 years old, not a believer in really anything except having a good time. Mm-hmm. I know his family. Um, they're they're not um, Christians. They're not um, spiritual people, and so really all they have to hold on to is the fun things in this life. That's right. And and so they seek those things, you know. And it's just sad to to watch something like that happen. And and you wish, and you feel like um, I don't want to I don't want to spoil our whole talk, but I guess I'll bring it up just right now because it kind of fits um, Romans. 12 1 and 2 that's a good one um let's go ahead and read that i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and skip to that because you know this is something that's really been heavy on my mind and and you know we 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 kind of um laughed a little bit because it's like what's going on around here i know and my my one of my friends dad's passed away um known him for 30 years um and uh bob saget died right yeah (laughs) And Betty White, Betty I mean, White. what's I going thought she was on? The, live forever. Yeah, the world's coming to an end. But guess what? It doesn't matter who you are, how famous you are, what you've done in this life. We're all headed in that direction, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you see something like this, it just really sinks in. And and so, in Romans twelve one and two, I I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice 
holy, acceptable to God, which is your responsible service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I, I looked up the word beseech here because it's not something that we use in our language. And, you know, these quick electronic devices, <laughs> it's so easy. I just looked it up and it says, uh, uh, the words that I wrote down here, implore, beg, plead, appeal, ask urgently. Mm-hmm. Don't we all feel like that person going, come on, guys. This yeah. is not what life's about, you know? Um, it wasn't a light recommendation, though. I mean, he was pleading. I mean, begging them. Yeah. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. And is God merciful? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Look at... Did he have to send his son down to save us? No. No. That was so much more than we deserved. Yeah. And, and so you think about those kinds of things. Um, and he's begging for them to present... Their body's a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. And, you know, that that's just very heavy, you know, mm-hmm. when you think about it that way, which is your responsible service, okay? And, and you know, Christ, as, as he came down to earth, as we just said, more than we deserve, but as he gave his life on that cross, that's not where his sacrifice began. He left his home in glory, mm-hmm. and he walked among us, but he didn't even walk among us as a king, mm-hmm. which him living as a king on earth is more than we deserve. But he humbled himself to be a bondservant. Mm-hmm. He served sinful man in that way, where he he chose the most humble of human life to show us the perfect way to the Father. Yeah, And then he's... He's the author from walking among us, and then he's the finisher by coming to that cruel cross and willing to shed his innocent blood. And it was his walk on life that made him that innocent and perfect sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So he, his entire life on earth was preparing him to be the perfect sacrifice on that cross. And so... He's asking us to do what he's done. He came down here and he served. He he was a living sacrifice, yeah. wholly acceptable to God. Yeah. So we follow Christ. Well, and I think um, a lot of things, you know, we talk about uh, how there, we run into so many people like, yeah, someday I'm going to get religious. I'm mm-hmm. going to get religious. Yeah. But not right now. I'm too busy. I got all these things to do. And then you come up on a 27-year-old who gets in an accident that you know, and and his life's taken from him. And you know, how many things did he have planned to do in his life? And he, he took for granted that he was going to have tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And we think, well, we'll just do it. You know, we got time. We got time. And before long, there's no time. And, yeah. You know, and and God made tons of promises. I think we could read this. Uh, you've got First Thessalonians four seventeen, mm-hmm. where he says, "Then, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord." Um, that's that's quite a promise, yeah. you know, to his faithful. He's going to collect up his faithful, and um, and if you look at that text, you know, the people that have already passed on will go first. That's right. If we look at it. But these are all promises that God's made to us. Has God ever broke a promise? Nope. Nope. Not once. You will not find it. It is impossible for God to lie. And it makes me think, and we don't have to go look it up, but it makes me think of Noah. Mm -hmm. Noah preached to those people for 80 years, I want to say. Around there. That it was going to rain and flood. (laughs) And everyone around them was like, that guy is kooky. You know, <laughs> there's something wrong with him. Yep. You know, and they made fun of him. Who knows what kind of persecution Noah was faced with. Yeah. But God promised it. God said it was going to happen. Yeah. And it happened. <laughs> and all those people lost their lives. Yeah. Eight souls remained, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a great reminder for us because when God tells us this is going to happen, it's going to happen. 
So it makes you think, well, what are we going to do? You know, how do we, um, you know, how, how do we stay in the game, you know? Yeah, well, and a lot of people throughout the years have tried to predict yeah. the, the last day, yeah. right? Anytime the, someone does it, I'm like, well, it's not that day. Yeah, the Lord's coming on this day, and <laughs> only the Father himself knows what day he's coming. And then there's also a lot of misconceptions on how he was going to come. And Matthew, Christ, in Matthew, Christ predicts or oh, prophesies Ma- about Matthew 24? How, yeah, how he's going to come. Matthew 24. Let's read it. Starting in verses 29 through 31. I'm there. Yeah, go ahead, David. Okay. He says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. And the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all of the tribulation of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. This is how it's going to happen. And when it happens, he's going to gather, going back to um, 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 that you read, he's going to gather the saints. Those, and in this text, he talks about he's going to shake the earth. That's the, going back to the text in Hebrews, he's going to shake it once more. That's the shake that he's talking about. Yeah. When he shakes it, that's the final shake. Yeah. That's the final, and then he's going to gather the faithful, and they will be with the Lord forever. And the thing is, if, if this worries you and scares you, Heed the heaven you the better calling. change something in your life. That's right. <laughs> okay? So if, if you're worried about the, this day coming, you need to make some changes in your life and, and purge out those whatever things they are in your life and... And make sure that we've shed the stuff off ourselves. You know, yeah. we've shaken our blanket. That's okay? right. We've gotten rid of all the sin and the and the things that 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 pull us down. You mm-hmm. know, so that we're ready as well. So and yeah. and then going back to what you witnessed on Saturday, mm-hmm. we don't know when the Lord is going to do this, or we may die before the Lord comes mm-hmm. in His great power. Regardless, we are not promised tomorrow. Nope. Today, while it is called today, heed the heavenly calling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that reminds me of uh, Deuteronomy 30. Let me turn over there. Okay. It just kind of came to me. It's not. Go it's, ahead. It's not in my lesson. Go ahead. All. Go ahead. That's awesome. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30. I want to start in verses, I believe, 10. Note verse 11. He says, For this command which I commanded you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways and to keep His commandments, His statutes and His judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your hearts turn away so that you do not hear, and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish, and you shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore choose life, that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him. 
For he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Hmm. So, while it is called today, choose good. Yeah. Heed the heavenly calling. Don't put it off, because you may not have another opportunity to to heed that heavenly calling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and... And, you know, that kind of goes along with um, Ephesians 4.18. Yeah. Um, we have to know, we have to no longer walk as the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind reading that, um, even just starting in verse 17 here, because it talks about the new man. It says, yeah. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the um, futility of their mind. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being uh, past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to um, work all uncleanness with greediness. And and in verse 22, skipping down to 22, says that, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and being renewed in the spirit, your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in the true righteousness and holiness, yeah. putting away lying. Let, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. I mean, there's so much good here um, for we're not members of, of one another, but being angry and do not sin. You know, it goes through all these things that, that we ought to not do. Yeah, it's it's great instruction for us because sometimes we don't know um, what to put off. We're like, well, what what am I doing wrong? Well, that's where you, when you look to God's word here and understand those things that we need to put off and not do anymore. Yeah, and you know, at the end of verses twenty-two, okay, really sticks out to me. It okay. says um, the deceitful lusts. Okay, there's a lot of misconception about sin where we have the ability to convince ourselves that we are fine yeah to convince ourselves that this sin is okay and that sin is okay and convincing ourselves that we're fine when indeed that is not the heavenly calling those are the ones that are going to be shaken off at the final day yeah. Those are the ones that are not actually heeding the heavenly calling. That's what that's what he's talking about in Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that are going to be shaken off. Those that are have deceived themselves in the deceitful lusts and the passions and the, the evil desires that you that you can pursue in this life. Well, and I think too, um the devil, he's a creative person. Oh man. Um he's allowed you know, false teachers to make everyone feel good, mm-hmm. um, like a like a bad physician. Yeah. Okay? You know, they feel real good that hey, I mean, I'm doing great. And then, mm-hmm. and it's such a deception. Yeah. Because they're not backing up to God's word here. That's right. And and I tell uh, everyone. Satan is not all bad. He has one good quality. He's a very hard worker. That's right. Yeah. And he is very hard at work deceiving you. Yeah. And that's why you have to heed to the Word of God and only the Word of God. Mm. Satan can work in man. You know, I, I've seen these um, big, huge, like, mega churches mm. where... The preacher will sit there and tell you that you're fine. Just either pay alms to the Lord or do this one thing and you're fine. Or a common misconception that we've yeah. we've heard, just say the sinner's prayer. Believe Christ in your heart. Yeah. All of that is not found in Scripture. Yeah. That has been a lie fed to you by man, claiming to be the man of God when they, indeed they're not. Yeah. And that's the scary thing behind it. And that's why you you must cling to the Word of the Lord and only the Word of the Lord. Well, and it can be something so simple as, um, 
you know, I got, we went skiing Saturday mm-hmm. and it was cloudy. You know, the snow was good snow. We were having a great time. And ever and we started hearing people talking about, yeah, but you should be here tomorrow. It's it's gonna be sunny, clear day. They call it something, I can't remember what they call it, but it's like the most desirable day to ski when it's clear and the sun's shining and you know, um and it would be easy to go, Well, we can just let's just stay and We'll come back tomorrow. We'll forget church. You know, one day is not going to kill us. That's right. You know, and and I I told the kids I was like, oh, the devil's working on us today. You know, because <laughs> you know it would be a, and it was. I mean, Sunday was a great, beautiful day. Yeah. So so was today, Monday. Clear skies, not a cloud in sight. This morning, the sunrise was amazing coming over the mountains. You know, God's uh, paintbrush, I call it. Yeah. And. Um, but, but it's things like that, that, that get us. Mm-hmm. Okay. And those are the kinds of things that we have to watch out for. Uh, the devil is a tricky, um, individual and he's, he's going to try to talk us into doing things, um, that we ought not to. And it's, it could be something as simple as that, as skipping a Sunday here or there. That's right. And, um, neglecting to worship with the saints. Mm-hmm. And you know, you miss one Sunday the next one's easier. The next one's easier to miss. And then, yeah. And then, before you know it, it's it makes it even harder to come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the deceitful lust that, that we were talking about in verses 22 of Ephesians chapter 4. Yeah. Those are deceitful lusts. You know, you, you want those, and you're like, well, one is not going to do, you know, yeah. one isn't going to be bad. And then next thing you know, it makes it so much harder to come back. You know. So- Tell me what you were thinking here, um, because you brought up one of my favorite um, parables that Jesus gave us in um, Building on a Rock, Luke 6.46. What was your um, thought there on that? Well, Luke 6.46 is actually, uh, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things in which I say? Oh, that's right. I got it mixed up, didn't I? Yeah. Um, I think Matthew... Oh, Matthew, Matthew 24. Matthew 25, perhaps. Let's go over... Let's dig into this. Was I, was I messing something up there? Well, I'm thinking what what might have happened is you read up a little bit, if I recall correctly. Matthew 25. Uh oh, we got the dead silence oh, going man. on. What did you do? <laughs> um, no, this parable was. Oh no, it's right. Luke six forty six is built on the rock. Okay, so turn over there. Yeah, I got it. Go ahead. So Luke six forty six. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? That's what it was. Call yeah. me Lord, Lord. You were talking about. Um, we're falsely calling on Lord, like that Jesus isn't going to know who you are if you call on him. Yeah. Or those who call on the Lord aren't really with the lord they they don't have the right to call on the lord if they're yeah. not serving the lord the way he commands yeah you know and and that's that's a very powerful and so yeah because he says in verse 47 whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them i will show you whom he is like yeah so anyone who building comes, his foundation on the rock. He's yeah. like a man building his house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the, the stream beats vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who hears and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell and 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 the ruin of that house was great. So this really does tie in good with what we're talking about yeah. because um, the guy who built his house on the on the on the earth is like a false teacher who's given you a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. But but the one who built his house on the the dug deep and put a good foundation in um, is actually yeah God's on God's side. And, and the, the point behind that parable is Christ is that rock. Christ, Christ is, the rock. is that foundation. Yes. Yeah. Only when you build upon his foundation will you be secure. Mm-hmm. 
Will you be able to not be shaken? And Going back to Hebrews uh, 12. Yeah, and more than likely, the, the one who built his house on the rock is not in the majority. He's in the minority. Right. Everyone else built their house on the earth. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's what we want to be careful that we don't do. Um, and that's going to be part of um, no longer walking as the rest of the world. That's right. And that, that ties into what you were talking about. The few ties into um, 1 Peter 4.18. If the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and sinner appear? Mm-hmm. So there, the word righteous means right with God. Yeah. So those who have been baptized and put on Christ in baptism, those are the righteous, and scarcely they are saved. So just because you have been baptized, that doesn't mean that that's, that's the final step. You know, as Revelations 2.10 says, you must remain faithful until death, and I will give you that crown of life. We need to remain faithful. We need to heed to the heavenly calling and never loosen it. You know, going back to what we've mentioned in the past, you can't retire from the work of the Lord. Yeah. Only, only the continuing to do His work, that's, that's remaining righteous, and that's what needs to be done. And that ties into um, another one, you know, the narrow way in Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Yeah. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many that go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. So tying those two together, you know, those two passages together, few are going to find the way and it's not that the lord hid the way from you it's that the there's only one way yeah and people want to try to add to it or take away from it because they don't want to change their life to fit the word rather they try to change the word to fit their life yeah and that's the most dangerous thing you can do and oh. that's what these false teachers are doing is they're they're trying to broaden the way and they're trying to Change the word to fit the follower's life. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. I want to read um, something here because um, you, you've pointed to Matthew twenty five forty. Yes. Um, so I want to read 31, starting verse 31, because this, this goes along with exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. False teachers, basically. Yep. It says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all, all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did you see? When did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, and as much as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. So it wasn't the fact that they, because if they would have seen Jesus hungry, needing clothes, they would have helped him because it's Jesus. Yeah, that's right. But they seen, but they were turning their nose up at the least you did it to these. And as much as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Because they didn't do it that's consistently. Right. They were only doing it for show. Yeah. And they were only doing it for their own um um, what am I trying to say? Their own benefit. Yeah, their own benefit. You know, I, I was listening to uh, Dave Ramsey once, <laughs> and he's the financial guy. Maybe some of you know who he is. And he, someone called in and was complaining about their pastor because he made all this money, and he's got this big church, and he made all this money. And Dave Ramsey actually defended the pastor, saying, well, he's the one who put all the work into it. He's the one who built this congregation. He's the one who brought all these people in. He deserves to get the money. You know? Mm-hmm. 
a lot of times that's all those guys are after that's is right. to get a following and have money and you know we see some of these churches that the and there's people that have been in the news that are wealthy ministers or whatever you want to call them um uh, you gotta wonder don't you yeah I mean, what are they in it for? Are they in it to save souls? And that's exactly what Jesus is saying here. Because he says, then the righteous will answer him saying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, he's, and Jesus, um, all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another as sheep divided the sheep and he will set the sheep of it. So he, he puts the ones that they didn't think were righteous on one side and tells them to enter into heaven. Yeah. And the ones who were supposedly righteous really weren't. And that's what that's what the Hebrew writer actually goes on to say in Hebrews 13. Okay. Verses 1 through 3. That's that's what he's talking about, you know, being willing to open your home to to brethren in need. Yeah, go ahead and read that for us. Uh, starting verses 1 of Hebrews 13, he says, "Let brotherly love continue." Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. Now, um, going back to that preacher that you were talking about, how they were complaining about him, I don't know his his situation. I don't know where his heart's at or anything like that, so I can't judge him. But, you know, if he has... A lot of times people are blessed in a way to be able to help others yeah. with their funds. Some are not blessed that way, but some are. So if he is blessed in that way, he should pay it forward, sort of speak, as as the people say nowadays, but help the other brethren who are in need. You know, help them and open up your home to them. And that's that is letting brotherly love continue. And and the thing that I get out of it is, is do not matter don't matter who it is, treat everyone the same. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. Try to do your best to treat everyone the same. Yeah. God shows personal favoritism, we shouldn't either. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Verses Hebrews thirteen, I got um could we read that? Hebrews thirteen, four through six, continue yep. on there. Yeah. Marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled but fornicators and adulterers god will judge let your conduct be without covetousness be content with such things as you have for he himself has said i will never leave you nor forsake you um where is that oh in verse six so so we may boldly say the lord is my helper i will not fear what can man do to me if if the lord's my helper what can man do to me that's right. Um, but but I think the things that I wrote down here, have good conduct always. Be the same person at church and at home. That's or right. Or at work. Yeah. Be the same person. Wherever you are. Wherever you are. Yeah. Don't be any different. And be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Always. That's right. And conduct yourself in that way. And I, I think um, it'll benefit you if you do that. Um, and that ties right in with... Colossians three seventeen, when it says, "And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord okay. Jesus, That's giving great. thanks to God the Father through Him." Yeah, no matter where you are. Yeah, no matter where you are. You know, and I refer to them as uh, pew warmers. You know, they're there Sunday morning to just fill a, a pew and and warm that pew up, and then they leave there, and and they they pursue all the ungodly lusts that they have desired in their heart, and they. That's not being a Christian. Just because you come Sunday does not make you faithful. It's wherever you are. Like you said, in in work or at home with your family. You know, I've heard several people who grew up in, in church and they said, you know, when they grew up, they they fell away and they said because my parents were completely different at home than who they oh, claimed yeah. to be. Yeah. You know, they they were never the Christians that they should have been for their family. You know, they were never that example at home for their kids, for their wife. Yeah. They were never that example, and that's why they fell away. 
you know, they had this false sense of who God really is and the, the love of God. Well, and I think, too, fear is a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Uh, because you've got here um, Hebrews ten thirty one. Yeah. Um, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That's right. Okay. Fear is good mm-hmm. because it, it makes us want to be good and want to stay on the right path. Because what's the alternative? It's not good. Like, I, yeah. I know that as a kid, um, looking at something going, well, I can't do that because my parents will be, you know, mad. Mm-hmm. And I'm liable to get in big trouble, you know. And so you don't do it. Or, you, you know, you pass yeah. on whatever it is. That's a good thing. I think we all need that. Mm-hmm. Why don't we go 100 miles an hour on the 55-mile-an-hour highway out here? We don't want to get. We have a fear of getting a ticket. (laughs) Okay, a ticket won't be easy, and losing a hundred bucks or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, And so, I think there's good fear, and we can be fearful of the living God. We do not want to fall into the hands of Him. That's right. In His wrath, and in His wrath. That's right. A lot of people just want to think of God as merciful and loving, which. No doubt he is. Absolutely he is. But you need to look at the whole character of God throughout the entire Old Testament. What happened when his people turned away from him? Yeah. They felt his wrath. And it wasn't until they turned back to the Lord and repented of their sins did the Lord show mercy and kindness and love to them. God demands obedience. And God is not one to be trifled with. As he speaks, he means business, and his business is deadly serious. And so you need to look at the whole character of God. Yeah. Yes, he is loving and merciful. You know, um, that reminds me of Second Peter chapter 3. Let's turn over there. Okay, go ahead. You read it. Second Peter chapter 3, a lot of people look at verses 9, which is great. But they skip out verses 10. So we'll read verses 9 and 10. You know, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the repentance. That's verses 9. Now, that's the the image that everyone wants to think about God. He's long-suffering. He's patient. He's kind. He is. In verses 10. But... The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? He is going to come. Yes, he's patient and loving and kind, but he is going to come. His judgment is going to come. Yeah. You know, and... Just, and I'm not trying to uh, continue to go back to what you witnessed on Saturday. Oh, yeah, no, I, you're I know fine. it was pretty. I can't imagine that how how hard that must have been yeah. to to come up on that. But that person thought he had tomorrow. He yeah. took tomorrow for granted. Yeah, he didn't have it. Yeah, you know, he just like the the rich man who sure. Tore down his barns to build a bigger one to fit all this stuff. And as soon as he did it, look at all my stuff. Look yeah. at what I got. Mm. The Lord demanded his soul that day. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like, we, um, some of the times I think that um, with this instance, there were choices that were made that I think caused this accident. Yeah. Just like we all have choices to make. Mm-hmm. and And some wrong choices were made. And, and so anytime it's something like that, um, it wasn't godly choices that put him, put him there. And, you know, that, that leads into something that I wanted to bring up that you've got down here. uh, A good verse for us is Matthew 6, 33. Mm. Um, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. If we seek his righteousness, his kingdom, his righteousness first. Yep. All these things will be added to you. And and I think that's that's a great point for us because if we put God first in everything, it's going to pay off. It may not pay off here on this earth, monetary 
uh, friendships, um, all the physical things that we enjoy here on this earth, but it's going to pay out more um, things will be added to you that God will give you spiritually. Yeah. And it's way better than anything we can experience on this earth. So many people, it's hard. I, I think the hardest thing for us is to look past this life. That's the first and hardest step for everyone, I, yeah. I think, where you can't get past looking at what this world has to offer. Well, and I think all of us live our lives, uh, we're all guilty of it, mm-hmm. living our lives like we're going to live forever. Yeah. You know? Um, and we all live that way. Yeah. And I'm not saying, you know, you shouldn't have a savings account or well, something sure. like that, but in- investing everything into this life. You, uh, a couple podcasts ago, mm-hmm. working two, three jobs just to buy all those toys when you don't need them. Yeah. That's investing into this life and, and investing all that time and then saving up your extra money so you can go skiing on Sunday, yeah. you know, rather than yeah. picking another day. Choosing Sunday, which... That happens a lot. It does. Absolutely. And it, and it happens a lot in really every all religions. Yep. You know... Um, they put that first above God, and mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that way. No. You know, and it, a lot of times, as I study with people, they almost, um, I'm like, you know, you should come Sunday. Well, if I got time. Yeah, if I got time. You know, and or I got these other plans where they look at it backwards, where you should... That should be in the books already. That should be the plan, and you make all of your plans around it. You know, like, that is the plan, and everything else works around it. Like, mm-hmm. for example, Chad, where are you going to be tomorrow during the day? Mm-hmm. you got to work, right? At work, yeah. Yeah. So you build all of your other plans around work. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's how we should do with serving the Lord. All That's of right. our plans are around yeah. first seeking God. Well, and if you say it's too hard, okay, I just can't do it. You can point him to Philippians 4, 12 through 13. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Good point. I can't do this. Oh, yeah? Let's read it. 12 through 13, Philippians 4. I know how to be um, abased, and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's right. And you put God first, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Christ, God will strengthen you, mm-hmm. starting with your faith. Yeah. You know, and, and we talk about this all the time. Why, why do we come together and assemble ourselves together? To strengthen each other, too, yep. and edify each other. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned something on Sunday in our class that if you do happen to miss a Wednesday or a Sunday, you're sick or whatever, that's a long week. It is. Without this, we're gathering with the saints, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You miss it. You really do. Yeah. And, and so um, it was designed to strengthen us and keep us on the straight and narrow and keep us, you know, Christians. Yeah. There was that, <laughs> there was that purpose behind the command. There was. You know, God didn't say do it just because... Just do it. It was, there is this purpose behind it. Yeah. And you're going to discover this purpose when you just obey. And, and you know, when you, you may not understand what the purpose is, but as you do it, you begin to understand it. Yeah. And, and do it wholeheartedly. Seeking to please the Lord. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people, I'm not trying to put anyone down, but they, they seek a church or a congregation that fits them. It's about what the congregation offers them. Yeah. You know, you can't come to the Lord and say, what can the Lord offer me? Yeah. Was that Christ's attitude when he gave his life on that cross? No. But what the Lord offers you is eternal life. Yeah. But people ask the question, well, what do I have to do to obtain it how how little of something do i have to do what can i what do i have to do and what don't i have to do 
you yeah. know, that, that kind of attitude of, well, how much of myself can I keep versus being that living sacrifice? Well, and I think uh, you don't want to go to church going, what are you going to do for me? It's what can I do for you? Yeah. You know, that's the big thing. And, you know, we we went to dinner. We went to, uh, I think it was a Sunday afternoon, we went to uh, one of the restaurants up in Idaho Falls and Someone was sitting next to us, and they said, oh, what, what have you guys been up to today? You know, you, oh, I overheard the conversation. And she says, oh, we went to church. Oh, where are you going to church? And she names it, and she says, yeah, we like going there so much because they have such a great kids slide for the kids, you know? Mm-hmm. And really, that was their reason for going. Was That was their only reason. Yeah. And it's what can I get out of it, or what can my kids get out of of, of, of church? And it's usually something physical. Yeah, you know, entertaining or something like that, and that should not be what it's about. It mm-hmm. should be about worshiping God and worshiping um, the right way. Yeah, and you know, I I think about it. Um, Romans ten, one through three, he says, "Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge." For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. You know, you can't serve God your way. You have to serve Him His way. You know, and going, you know, in a couple more chapters, chapter 12, what we already read in verses 1, being that, that living sacrifice, you are, a, you are to serve God. What servant serves in a way that pleases the servant? You serve in a way that pleases the master. Yeah, right. It's not the other way around, and that's how people view God. And that's the the issue when you just want to think of him as just a merciful God and a loving God and not want to look at the consequences of disobeying God. Yeah. you got to look at the whole character of God. Yes, he is very loving and merciful and that's what you also see throughout the old testament you see that he was always willing to turn back and relent from his um his anger his fierce Mm. wrath when they were willing to turn back to him but every time they didn't turn back to him that's when they felt the wrath of god the consuming fire yeah and something like what we talked last week um don't be a sellout because that's right of the gift that we have been given is so great why would you want to waste that um you know and and god's power is so great um why would you want to waste that and i'm thinking that your next point here judges seven one of your favorites i know this one of your favorites david gideon yeah gideon um you know he had to prove like he had to make sure that they didn't take credit for what was about to happen. That's right. And it had to be something that was miraculous, basically. Um, Because he says in um, Judges 7, verse 2, And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hands has saved me. Okay. So here's a problem. God's going to help him be victorious, but he didn't want it to be obvious, or he wanted it to be obvious that it was from God. Yeah. Because what were they going to do? They're going to claim it for themselves. Yep. We We did this. We did this with our own hands. Yep. And I don't know. What do you got to say? Well, I I know you got something more to say on that. Well, absolutely. You know, that's the whole reason why at the very beginning when um, Gideon called all of his men, there was 32,000 men. Yeah. And God took it from 32,000 all the way down to 300 because the Israelites were going to claim it for themselves. Yeah. Saying, our own hand delivered us mm-hmm. against an innumerable army, by the way. It, it never actually gave a number. It said it was innumerable. And so that's it was a huge army that they were going up against. Even 32,000 was nothing compared to the army that they were going against. But man has a problem being prideful yeah and boasting up and does that happen in religion today oh man all <laughs> over you know and that's james 4 6 says god resists the proud but gives grace to the humble yeah the proud he resists 
Yeah. You know, and that's that's the first red flag that you should when you're dealing with somebody that's very prideful. He's not allowing the Lord to humble before the Lord. Yeah. You know, when you go to scripture and if you try to go to the scripture to prove yourself right versus proving God right, that's already the first problem. Yeah. So, you know, the it's almost like God is he made it too simple for us. We we have to complicate it. Oh yeah. And it's it really is simple. Yeah. God made it simple for us to understand. Yeah. Yet we have so many people coming in and complicating it and wanting to add all these things that weren't intended to be added to his word. And why did they add it? They because added it they, because they didn't want to change for God. They didn't want to change and they think God needs help. Yeah. They they complicate it because the Bible doesn't fit their life, so they try to change the Bible to fit their life. They try to change the Word of God and say that's not what God meant to say. Uh, God said what He meant, and He meant what He said. You know, He doesn't need your help. Yeah. Just going back to Abraham and Sarah, yeah. when the Lord they said... They tried helping Him. Yeah, they tried to help God. Mm-hmm. No, He doesn't need your help. No. He, he says what He means right here, and He means what He says. And so when you... You complicate it, yeah. So then you can turn around and, and make it fit your life. Well, and I think a lot of churches, um, churches of Christ, have once you allow one thing in that's not in God's word that doesn't have a pattern, it just snowballs. You know. Yeah. Before long, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing that, and and I don't want to condemn anyone. I'm just saying. Anytime we veer away from from what's written in his book, in the Bible, it just gets out of hand. Yeah. You know, and First uh, Timothy 1, verse 7 says, Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. Mm-hmm. That's the problem we have today. Mm-hmm. People want to teach and preach, and they have no idea what they're even trying to affirm. You know, they're... They're affirming their own wants and desires versus the wants and desires of the Lord. Yeah. The Lord does desire that all come to Him. Yeah. But you, you have to come to Him in His Word, not your Word, His Word. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, well, there's so many things written to comfort us and strengthen us. And I think this one, this next verse that you've got, Romans eight thirty one. Mm-hmm. Let's let's turn over there. Or actually, you got it wrote down here, but I'm going to turn over there. Romans eight one or thirty one. Romans chapter eight verse thirty one. Yeah. It says, uh, "What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us?" And you know, he he goes on to say, "He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all." How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a change against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who is also making intercessions for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or pearl, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Um, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, um, present, Present, no, present, or let's see, what is that? Come on. Nor things present, present nor things, nor to, things come. to come. I thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the one I was trying to get to. Yeah. Nothing's going to separate us. No. Nothing. You got a thought. I can see it in your. No, I was going to say, you can separate yourself from him, but oh, no yeah. one can separate you from him. That's right. Absolutely. As long as you are heeding the heavenly calling, nothing can separate you from him. No one is more powerful than God. Yeah. So if he says he's going to come back and bring you Mm. to him, 
and be with him in the in the clouds forever if you remain to him he will do that and that's the biggest thing like i think about that we're on god's team yeah you know and if you ever wanted somebody to be on your team you want jesus or god okay (laughs) and uh guess what you're gonna win okay um but i sure wouldn't want to play him you know that reminds me um my business partner rick when he was a kid he was a wrestler and he he went to a wrestling tournament and they put the the names up on the wall who your match is and um he looks at his and he's wrestling jesus well (laughs) it was jesus but it's spelled the same and he didn't know he's like well i lost this one (laughs) you know and 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 really it's it's just like that yeah you know um we do not want to go against god no i mean anything we want to be on his team and and so it's a it's a very um, encouraging thing for us to um, know that if if God is for us, who can be against us? That's right. So it's. I think that's a great place to end. It sure is. Then we're pretty much out of time. Yeah. Thank you this, everyone for for joining. And again, if you have any questions, mm-hmm. um, email us. Yeah. Speaking the truth and agape love at gmail dot com. Yeah, and if you're in the area. Uh, come and worship with us. Um, you're certainly everyone's invited to worship with us here in Blackfoot. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Blackfoot Church of Christ, and then our website um, as well. You can Google it, Blackfoot Church of Christ, and you'll find us. And you can find our website and all the information you need in our our worship times and things like that. So, thank you, everyone, and we look forward to our next chat with you. We'll see you. Have a good one.